What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Bike Race Weekly, here for our second season, rolling into season number two. Let's call it season number two. My name's Rick. I'm here with my co-host. Hello, I am Ryan Gerard. And we are back to talk everything bikes, bike racing. It's the middle of, well, not the middle of winter. It's the start of winter right start now. Start of winter. It's might as well be winter in it's, Wisconsin. Oh, it's cold. We've had snow already. Yeah. Um, winter came quick. Yeah. So cyclocross has been a rough sport. For I got to say, though, the the best cyclocross race I've been to was the last one when it was 30 degrees out. And it was muddy. It was and it was like, muddy. Yeah. Uh, my bike got surprisingly not that money that's that's how it looked yeah I was, I'm, I'm looking at his bike so, right yeah, now but that's how yeah. it looked after the race I haven't touched it since N- not too bad yeah it was like the it, it kind of was like the peanut butter kind of mud where it wasn't like super sloppy it didn't like splash mm-hmm. up onto the bike it just basically stuck in all your tires and derailleurs and yeah and what happened was we got snow the day before so it was at like frozen top but then kind of a soft under you know so the first few races were super muddy oh i just remember waking up no no i remember going to bed i think it started snowing at night going to bed before you guys cyclocross race and just looking outside and laughing to myself because you guys had a race i did not race but uh ryan and then our, our other two friends matthew and tommy they had to race and uh I was actually kind of excited to do a snow one. Yeah, like it's it was your first cold. snow race, right? Yeah, it was cold, but I mean, the it was the ideal situation for a cyclocross race. It was literally down the street from me, and I got I I mean I didn't do anything the night before. Did we do something the night before? I think we did. Yeah, actually. we did. Yeah, we but, did. But um, I mean, I got a bunch of good sleep. I wasn't hungover. Um, and I got to warm up in my living room on my trainer, so I was sweating before yeah. going to the race. And like it was just such an ideal setup. Yeah, the know? race was actually in our in the town that we live in. So we, what we did is everybody before the race would warm up on Ryan's trainer on Ryan's road bike, which was on the trainer, and then that person would ride down to their race, and then we'd go watch them because throughout the day, you three guys were in three separate races. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it actually worked out really well. Where we went to see my brother Matthew race, who mm-hmm. raced at ten thirty. So Rick came over before that had a few cappuccinos yeah. ran over there watched him race which it's matthew if you're listening it's so fun to watch matthew race because he likes to slide out a lot the reason i love watching matthew race because he's the only person that rides in the drops from start to finish and like you know i gotta give it to him though because he just he makes it look efficient i guess you know i don't it, the weird thing is like his top two or he's got his bar, like his system slammed pretty yeah much. and that's that's kind of cannondale's thing is their bottom um what do you want like a spacer yeah yeah it's i think on his bike it's like 35 millimeters yeah and they i mean they don't really make it easy to switch those out yeah. i switched mine out on my cannondale on my old one mm-hmm. and it was kind of uh I don't really know if you're supposed to do it like that. Yeah, it yeah. worked, but not well. No, I, I don't want to say it didn't work well. I'm just not sure if you were supposed to do it like that. I gotcha. I gotcha. Anyways, <coughs> that's enjoyable. I, you know, I saw one other person that was in their drops too. Really? Yeah. <coughs> but not the entire race. Yeah. And then, uh, so, so Matthew, if you're listening, you just, you got to be you, man. I don't ever want to see you not riding your drops. <laughs> uh, and then, so we came back to my place, hung out a little bit. I think I had another cappuccino. Yeah, you had a lot of coffee. I had a lot of coffee. Have that you day. ever thought 
Man, I drank too much coffee before this race. Never. Um, the more coffee I have, the better I feel. Have you ever found like an upper limit? You've never no, been. I've like... never felt like I've never felt twitchy or anything, or felt like I, um, like it, the more I get like amped when yeah. I drink coffee, the better I feel. So like my recommendation would be don't try to find the upper limit, but good for you, man. I'm glad that you can just c- drink copious amounts of coffee and like yeah. not feel like you're gonna like peel your skin off before. No, race. no. The worst thing that I get you must be a fast metabolizer. You know, there's people that are fast and slow metabolizers. You must be like on the upper end of fast metabolizer. I don't know. My uh, when I took my uh, body scan at work, I I run on 1,700 calories a day. I think that's what they have for is that, me too. Is yeah. that high metabol- metabolism or uh, low well, metabolism? You know, I don't. That doesn't really tell you actually what your that's like. Oh really? So I, I think if you want to figure out what your as actual like basal metabolic rate is. They have to do this like funny test where you drink this fluid and then you pee it out and it's they can't scan you and tell you like what your basal metabolic rate uh, is because they are only showing you like your lean muscle mass and your skeletal like so they'll just say like if you're a bigger person you'll have a, a bigger metabolism but everybody knows like uh, a super tiny person that basically just puts food away and they can do it all day and they're like rail thin and super skinny so like it's, it's probably like a close estimation for most people that's my guess okay okay yeah uh well so back to it then yeah b- back to the we hung crazy. out <laughs> then uh tommy did the p123 race yeah yeah uh didn't go great for him we yeah, were actually yeah, pretty well, psyched to watch him and he was actually doing pretty well he super good yeah he's his, people off yeah his strategy is to start in the back and then just pick people off one by one to be honest i think that's like the best strategy for cyclocross yeah because yeah. I, so many people go out so hard and it just like you just kind of like blow up that that second or third lap if you can just kind of like ride your own race and your own pace for a race i think that's like the fastest way to complete the race and that's what that's, i think i said race three times yeah. in one sentence my bad <laughs> that's what i tried to do too and, yeah, and we'll touch we'll touch on that mm-hmm. later but uh so tommy's race he was doing really well he went from last place to like 11th place i think we clocked him at yeah yeah yeah. and then he slipped out on one of the hills when he tried to ride it and bumped his head yeah kind of a bummer he's had seven concussions jeez so he he dropped out after that yeah that was didn't smart. want to risk it that was it was smart yeah. yeah unfortunately he couldn't race with me he also signed up for the cat three race uh uh-huh. Uh, he was actually really excited to do that because he wanted to beat me. Well, and he would have. I mean, well, you know, I think he, I'm pretty sure he would have. I mean, that. I finished and he didn't. So, you know, <laughs> right now, I, I mean, right look at now, the scorecard. Right now, you're he the, took last place, you, Rick. You are the Cat 3 champion of our friends group. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a big deal. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I feel like every friends group needs to have a Cat 3 champion. Of course. And there should be a belt, possibly. Yeah. Maybe a crown if you're a little narcissistic, mm-hmm. but who isn't? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. A whole. Uh, whole outfit a whole ceremony too yeah yeah ceremony that would be nice yeah i would like that mm-hmm. okay uh, well that was your race over the weekend but that was your also your last race right well you we know? didn't talk about my race yet oh yeah yeah sorry so my go, race go so ahead, what we were Ryan. touching on before go ahead, cat three champ thank you uh so what we were talking talking about before is my strategy always is to you know try to get a good start and then kind of feel out how is everyone going to race because majority of the time most people People, I mean, there's a few people at the front who can maintain that like, high like pace. Like redline it at their yeah, speed. Yeah, at that speed. Yeah. And then there's the people that 
those the people that kind of like lag on that group. Like they try to follow the lead group and for they as can, long as yeah. they can. And, then and they, they can. Yeah, they'll do it for a half hour. But then after that half hour, they just blow up. Yeah. And those are the people that I, I try to pick off. And yeah. I try I try to just maintain one pace. And as soon I try to stick with that front group. And then kind of once I, I kind of feel my body out. And once my body's kind of telling me you're not going to be able to hold this, I back off. Mm-hmm. You know, the people that are winning that race, if if I can't stick with them then, you know, and they're still just pushing, I'm not going to stick with them the entire race. So I... I just race my race. I kind of I, I know my body enough to know how hard I can go for 50 minutes. Mm-hmm. And like with that race, I think um, I was almost in last place. And then probably with two laps to go was when I passed like a majority of people. Yeah, I was like I was pretty impressed with how many like spots you made up in the last 10 minutes of the race. Yeah, I think it was quite a few. It's quite yeah, a few. so for not really racing much cyclocross this year. I felt good about that race. Overall thoughts thoughts on cyclocross. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say you raced a season of it, but you've done a few races this year. Yeah, uh, I like it. Um, it's definitely during the time of the year where I don't have much motivation to race. Yeah, especially after you race like all yeah. summer. And then you know I'm not really like training like for racing. You know I'm in my base time, yeah. so it's not really a. We're in more of our beer and darts season yeah so i'm not in like a race fitness mm-hmm. so like going to races it's kind of like i know i'm not gonna do great yeah i might i mean like 50 percentile is kind of where i aim for yeah and you know it, it's kind of more i just try to enjoy the the course yeah because it's, i think the fun. courses are unique you know sure. yeah i think i think cyclocross is just like a fun time of the year especially for me like um, I didn't do a lot of racing this year for cyclocross, um, but I had a really good time just, especially once it got colder, just watching people, you know, having some beers and heckling on the side of the course was a real good time for yeah. me personally. Yeah. And I like, I liked that the last race, shout out to Brazen Dropouts for they the, put on the a great, great race. race. A great yeah. cross course is a course where you can see the entire course yes. from one central area. People always think about the racers. You don't need to think about the racers. You need to think about the spectators, mm-hmm. right? Because there was like a big... It, it basically revolved around a very like short, punchy hill, and you could stand on top of it and see the entire race, like start to finish pretty much. So that... And then that makes people want to like bring their families out and, you know, like... Uh, if if your wife is coming to watch you, I've had like my my wife. She's come to watch me at races, and she posts up on like a straightaway, and she's like, "That was the most boring thing ever," because she, she couldn't see me at any other part of the race. Like I know a lot of races that basically do a giant loop or a circle essentially around a park, and that's a super lame race. Don't yeah. do that. Yeah, and I think it also helps the community too, because if people go to cyclocross races and everybody is in that central ro- location, mm-hmm. maybe it, there isn't more maybe, people. It's like a party but, vibe. Yeah, but it, it just gives the um, the idea that a lot of people go to cyclocross races, and people want to chase that fun time. So it's like, I'm going to go to the one next weekend. Yeah, yeah. So if, it's, if every weekend all of the spectators are in one spot, it gives off that like good vibe of hanging out with all these people. You know, you meet the other cyclocross racers and whatnot. Oh yeah, actually it talk to the people in your race. Yeah, right. actually like talk to the people that you race with. Yeah, you know, because turns out the people that you bike race with are probably similar to you. Yeah, for sure. It's it's a cool community. I liked it. It's that that was just a great race, and I hope to be back 
and hopefully we're still living in some prairie next year and can be in attendance and warm up in your apartment right for the race again uh shout out to brazen dropouts by the way because i left my 200 dollar <laughs> jacket there and they picked it up and i got it back yeah so that was clutch that was that one they of held those onto it for you yes because they could, you know, that people could, they could easily have sold that it on Craigslist. For oh, some for sure, <laughs> people could easily just pick it up and be like, "No, he didn't find anything." But yeah, that was awesome. They though. got it back to me, and I really appreciate that. Yeah, so shout a, out to you guys, Brazen, yeah, Brazen that, Dropouts. That's a great team. Well, same right. people that actually host the practice crits in Madison. Yeah, that's just an awesome team. It's a pretty good cool team. People, yeah, cool vibe. Anyways, that's enough about cyclocross. I think unless you're uh, racing like nationals or you're crazy enough to still want to race when it's like zero degrees and snow on the ground. It's most people's official off, off season. I call this the off, off season. Cause off, this, is, off season. this is kind of like after cyclocross season where everybody's now in the off season. Yeah. Unless you live in some warm climate and you, you race in like January. But yeah, I think like end of November, December is the off, off season Yeah, where everybody's now in the off season. So, yeah, some people that are racing cyclocross are taking breaks. Some people that are getting ready for road season are maybe starting to train a little bit more. Ryan, what are you doing in the in your, I would say, your off-season? Not off-off, but your off-season. Yeah, I would actually say I'm done with my off-off-season. Okay, now it's officially just your off-season. No, no, no. Now is officially the beginning of my training. Right, but that's off-season. Oh, okay, yeah. you're not racing. It's oh, okay. off yeah, yeah, of yeah, racing. Yeah. Oh, okay, got it, got it, got it. Off-off is like... I'm taking a break because mm-hmm. I just got done racing and I'm uh, I'm tired. Off okay. is like kind of getting ready for next year. Okay, okay. Then I'm in the off season. Okay. The last uh, four or five weeks, I've been doing a mid-volume training plan on Trainer Road. Nice. Um, I didn't think I would actually gain much fitness from there. I started at about 256 FTP mm-hmm. and I just retested today and I went up to 276. Oh. That's a big... That was not... An, a jump that I expected. Yeah, yeah. Especially because I did not think I was good at the twenty-minute test. Yeah, and um, yeah. The way the way I kind of did it was, I was expecting to hit like two sixty, two sixty-five, and then my like ideally, like if I really pushed myself, I would hit mm-hmm. two seventy. Yeah. And during the test, I was like, I'm going to just set it at like two hundred eighty watts. Mm-hmm. I'm going to hold that for as long as I can. If I drop down to like. 275 270 so be it i'm not putting much effort, like not effort um uh, much weight Stock on this in it, yeah. yeah yeah so i was but during the first five minutes i kept at 280 285 second five minutes i was at 285 like it just felt good you yeah. know so i was just like okay so how does it feel if you know i didn't really look at what i was putting out i was just going by the feel of my body yeah you should do that and i was i was at 10 minutes to go and I'm pushing like 290, 295. And I was like, I'm probably not gonna be able to hold this. If I drop to 280, so be it. Mm-hmm. I get to five minutes, I'm at pushing 295, 300. And then like, then in the last five minutes, I'm pushing like 300 the entire five minutes. Yeah, it's solid. It's so solid. I took, it was it was uh, a test I didn't think I was gonna do well at. And uh, I definitely impressed myself. And like, how many hours are you training right now during the week? Now it's gonna, I start at like seven. Seven hours, yeah. And peaked, like, peak training, I do, like, it's, like, 11. Okay. That is, like, the yeah. most I'll do. Is, so, are you still doing a mid-volume plan? Or are you no, I'm going to move on to high volume. High volume. Yeah. yeah. I, think I think I have the time to I, do yeah. it. Yeah. I think people um, over, like, underestimate how effective, like, trainer road programs are. And I know, I say that because I, myself, I did it. So, I 
couple winters ago, I thought, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna do like the mid volume plan, but that's not enough time to get better. So I added in like I basically brought it up to like 11 or 12 hours a week on the trainer, and that just fried me, just blew me up because it's so focused and it's so effective that you really don't need, you know, unless you're obviously training for some more endurance oriented events or you just want have want to have a higher training load. I myself find that like in the winter, like if I can train like six hours a week doing the structured training and train a road, I just get better. Like I don't, I don't cook myself and I don't feel like I'm, I'm under, under trained. It's just seems like the, the right amount. But once I start riding outside and I do some more endurance rides and I can maybe put the volume up a little bit more cause I'm not training quite as intensely, but yeah, I think training road is great for the winter. I'm, I'm, that's what I'm going to be doing this winter. Yeah. Um, and kind of what my plan is with the, I mean, looking at a high volume plan, it's not much different than a mid volume plan. Really, no. the main difference is that the weekend rides are longer, mm-hmm. and they they give you like one recovery day. But then mm-hmm. during the week, it's still like an hour, hour and a half ride until the weekends where they put like two two hour rides. Yeah, it's like the same format, you know, like four structured workouts a week, and then you've got like a day for mm-hmm. like two days for like active recovery and yeah. a day for off like completely off the bike yeah and that's kind of another thing is instead of giving you two days off they just supplement one day with an active recovery day yeah that's nice i like that mm-hmm. i like that it's a good format it's a good format it's a good format and I, I for you know where i'm at in life right now i don't think it's too much and if it mm-hmm. is too much i'm just gonna add a rest day yeah. you know instead of doing active recovery i'm just gonna take a day off yeah i feel like i've for the last couple of years have kind of like thought against excuse me like where how much i i want to train and how much i actually can train and i think that's kind of gotten me into like some some tricky spots with overtraining and injuries and just like not performing super well because i kind of put this huge expectation on myself and then in reality i should like put the bar lower and then you know i can always train however i feel like more like so this year I put the bar at like six hours, you know, I want to try to get on the bike and do like six hours of structured work through the winter. And if I have more time or I feel like I can, I'll add like a little bit more work than that. And then if I feel like I'm, you know, like really crunched at work or really like stressed or tired, like just take it below that. But like six hours is just kind of like the low bar for me. That's good. Yeah. And that's for me, like that's kind of just to reintroduce myself to training without the mindset of like, I'm just going to get crushed mm-hmm. by like the load that I'm trying to do. Yeah. And something I'm hoping to be able to supplement weekend rides with is cross country skiing. Yeah. So we're getting some snow. Yeah. So instead snow. of doing two hour indoor ride, I'll do a three hour ski. Yeah. We actually both live really close to some ski trails mm-hmm. and then Blackhawk in Middleton. Yeah. They actually blow snow. So I think they're open. 25 bucks for an entire like season pass oh okay i didn't know how much it was or 50 bucks for like the um ski and mountain bike path yeah that's that's not bad at all so i'm probably gonna buy one of those passes and then you know the weekends just ski when i've got the time to Yeah. yeah yeah and then we have a bunch of areas around here that blow snow as well mm-hmm um, no, not blow snow. I should say they groom. They groom. They yeah. groom. So like we have to have natural snow, and then they'll put like yeah. some tracks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but then in Blackhawk, I believe, is the uh, Olympic Training Center. 
Yeah, yeah. Blackhawk is the Olympic Training Center, or so we're we're told. It's, or so we're told. Yeah, I, I don't know. You'd I, think that you would hear more I, about that. Yeah, that's what I heard. I don't know if it's true. I heard that it's like there's there's going to be like a network of cross country ski trails in the summer for like mm-hmm. roller skiing, which I actually just bought a pair of roller skis. Oh, yeah. Just trying. Did to you get them yet? No, the package hasn't come. I bought them like a week ago, so I was expecting them. You did you get them on Experticity? No, wait, they were on Experticity. No, I thought that's oh, where you got them no, from. No, no, no. I bought them from, um, it's like Pioneer USA. It's like their in-house brand. It's a big cross-country ski online retailer. I was just looking to do some cross-training, and I feel like it'd be nice to have them for the summer as well, too. Just whenever I don't feel like riding, maybe I'll just go do some roller skiing. And I kind of like it. I've tried it, actually. I did some last year on some rental skis. And it's to be honest, it's actually kind of nice because you don't have to do any waxing. You don't have to do any... Um, like prep work you just mm-hmm. go out you find a bike path and you just do it you know it, it looks super dorky don't get me wrong <laughs> like i'm gonna i'm just embracing it like i'm gonna be look, looking like a weirdo and everybody that does cross-country skiing knows that they look like a weirdo and if you don't you're just in denial i don't know i've met a few people that thought they were pretty cool yeah yeah i don't know it's a special group of people <laughs> the, the, the dedicated ones the real dedicated yeah. ones but i also uh, started doing some running, which I got about a week into until I injured myself. So that was cool. <laughs> and <laughs> which segues into our next topic. Segue from Segway Sam over here. Segway Sam. Segway Sam. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, the next thing we want to talk about is uh, Rick and I. Rick, I guess Rick, more so you. You got a few years on me. I'm like two, two and a half years older than you. But two years older than you. I'm we're, two years old. We're kind of hitting a, the transition of going from young and invincible to, you old. know, we're, <laughs> I wouldn't even say old, Not but even human. Old. Yeah, human. You know? And I feel like you start to feel it. So people that aren't active, they feel it like in their 30s and 40s maybe. But I feel like people that are really active feel it in like their 20s and especially once you start working a full-time job yeah i feel like the the fact that i sit now for a considerable amount of my day has definitely affected my just overall like bodily feeling which i'm gonna get a standing desk this winter so that should fix that do you know which one i have the vera desk which is that's what i want to get that's like the most popular one that's where you can stand and sit right correct so how do you Maybe this is irrelevant for the podcast. We'll talk about this. Desk. No, it's a good it's a good topic so like, because so like, a lot of people who listen probably want a standing desk. That's true. And they might know that, no, you're not getting that old. You're just sitting all day. And that's not good for your body. Mm-hmm. So how do you use your standing and sitting desk? Like, what's the ratio of stand to sit that you have during the day? Um, not as much as I like. Mm. Here's the thing is that you love it at first. Yeah. You really do. And then slowly, slowly, you kind of use it less and less. What I need to start doing is at least tell myself I'm going to stand for 20 minutes in the morning, 20 minutes in the afternoon. That's good. Yeah. You Do know? you take walks at work at all? Uh, just with being in IT and I have to go to people's desks. Mm-hmm. There's some so you're days. you walking around the, the building. Yeah. There's so. some days that I'm do I'm going up and down like stairs. You know, I'm running around everywhere where yeah. I actually do like walk a lot. Mm-hmm. And some days I'm at my desk the entire day. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's a good point, man. That's a that's a good way to say stay pretty like mobile at work. Yeah. Um, I feel partially like the reason why I start to feel like so crappy sometimes is, and this is like not a knock on cycling, but it totally is a knock on cycling. Is just that like after doing, you know, after 
being like really invested in cycling and doing it a lot. You know, like this past summer I trained a ton. Um, it's, it's not a very good sport unless you're doing stuff to mitigate some of the effects and that's super vague. But what I mean by that is cycling is really repetitive. So you, you develop imbalances quite easily. And you know, like I don't have a million dollars to spend on an expensive bike fit and get like the precision saddle and stuff like that. And I know it's popular opinion to get a bike fit. I get that. It makes sense. They use lasers. It's pretty cool, but it's at the same time, it's pretty expensive. You know, you can spend what your bike is worth on a. I've seen people spend more than their bike's value on a bike fit. Um, so I think that's part of my impetus to maybe not ride my bike like exactly or ride my bike as much. I'm kind of trying to fill in some of that time with like roller skiing was trying to do running until I, I messed up my knee. But, um, yeah, I just find that like I've developed all these imbalances and Mm -hmm. weird injuries just from like focusing on solely riding. And I think maybe, maybe that's part of getting old. I don't know part of sitting all day and then riding a bike and I and I also I spent probably more time in the saddle than you did so like um you even though you trained like just as much as me but you were doing more indoor training so I think that's partially too like just a lot of saddle time and doing the same motions over and over again it's not exactly good for your body one thing I've noticed the difference between like um I guess like repetition wise between indoor training and outdoor training is like when you're outdoors you're kind of moving your body a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. Where in, in indoors, your body is so stationary yep. that I'll, like, where I, I'll feel it is um, in my knees. Uh-huh. And you'll really start to feel that, like, your cleat position is off. Yeah. So if, like, you know, after, if I, if I, uh, I'll, I'll start feeling, like, a little tweak in my knee, mm-hmm. you know, or at the, in my insole or my, like, where the bottom of my foot is. Right. You know, so if it's just, like, off a little bit, You'll re- you'll feel it. Yeah, and I think more than you will outside. So yeah, that's and that's a good point because I, when I developed a lot of these injuries, I was basically training like ten or twelve hours indoors. Like I was training a lot. So I think I I think that's like especially for people that live in the northern hemisphere, it's so hard to get around that where you want to train a lot, but you just you literally feel millimeter differences in your cleats, and that's so I had a, an issue with my hips where my hips were out of balance. And it's because I rode the trainer for for so much, and one of my cleat one of my cleats on my shoe was too far back, which pushed one of my feet up, which made my hips like essentially curve to the left or or shift to the left. Um, and it's been like a pain in the butt to fix that. It's just taken like a long time to do it. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So can I ask uh, where where so have you so you've gotten the like the cleat position fit before um no i never have okay because i've always thought if you're gonna pay for a fit your your feet are what like the shoes and the the cleat position are probably the only thing that's really worth getting fit that's what i've always thought i'm not the kind of imbalances that i'm worried about are i mean you can get like so if things aren't symmetrical right so like my hips are now not aligned, which is <clears throat> was created by my cleats. Like those are the worst kind of imbalances. I feel like the cleat position is, in my opinion, is like the most important component mm-hmm. of a bike fit. And I've had like really good bike fits before, and it's kind of amazing that um, a lot of the fitters don't even like they don't even really address cleat position. 
Well, and that, that's like the biggest thing yeah. I would say. And the crazy thing is, I don't even care like necessarily where they're positioned. Is I just need them like dead center with each other. You know what I mean? Like even. Like even. Yeah, okay. I need them even. Well, to be honest, my knees totally different. Yeah. So like, if I set them the same, mm-hmm. I'll I'll have like one will feel perfect. And the other one is like, okay, your, I'm your tweaking. Your track in yeah. like a different way. Yeah, yeah. So like yeah. my knee, my two knees are completely different, like cleat, cleat wise. Yeah, but you you found a position, and that's the tricky thing about getting new shoes, is you found a position that works for you, like with mm-hmm. your cleats, right? And like, well, I'm still to be honest, I'm still tweaking it. Yeah, that's just so annoying, it, and I, it's I very tough because you have to tweak it and then you have to ride it for like a month. And then, like, after a month of riding it, then you're like, okay, no, I need to change it again yeah. just a little bit. You know what's crazy is I cannot believe there hasn't been a cycling company that's come out with a cleat position that you dial. You know what I mean? So, like, you put the cleat on the bottom of your shoe, and they they line up in a neutral zero position. Like, there's no shifting them. They just they start in a neutral position, and you literally, you could click it. Like, you say there's... Like, like on the go? Yeah, like... That'd be cool. Yeah, like, That'd be really cool. I mean, that just makes the most sense to me. Like, yeah. There's, like, the, the way cleats are currently put on bike shoes is the dumbest thing ever. That's true. There's a stupid checked, like, uh, cross plane. So there's the horizontal and there's the vertical. And there's checks on there. And then you basically just eyeball it. And then you try... And some people, like, they put markings or whatever. But you're basically eyeballing it. And you're trying to maneuver your cleat position around. And then when you tighten it, it always shifts your cleat position. It does. I was going to say that. It always shifts. It's the most inefficient thing I think I could ever dream up. If there's, like, some kind of entrepreneur out there that wants a, a decent idea that's, like, interested in cycling, that, I feel like, would be the next big thing that's actually an interesting point about how far like just like shoe technology has come with like carbon and whatnot making uh it as long as possible yeah but you're still screwing it in with bolts yeah exactly into screw holes everything is so light and performance driven but at the same time it's like nothing like the thing that matters the most is just the fit you know like it doesn't matter how light it is like I had some super nice shoes and guess what? Like I didn't put, I didn't put the cleats on right. And now my hips don't work. Like who cares if they're two grams lighter? Yeah. Like I just need, I need them to be like functional. Here's an idea. And I feel like there's a lack of function right now in some of the te- like bike technology. Here's an idea is if, um, so you know how the whole reason, like you have to take those off and replace those every now and then, but mm-hmm. they should do like a mount that yeah. you can adjust. And then the the cleats themselves, you can like pop on and off. Yeah, that would be smart too. That'd be smart. You know, so then you don't mess up that cleat mm-hmm. position every time you have to change it. Yeah. And then at the same time, being able to dial it. Yeah, that's a good point. I think that's really that's good too. Um, yeah, I mean, we're not. But who knows? We're not. We're not engineers. We're not shoe. We're not shoe tech, gurus. Shoe gurus. Yeah, we just like to look good in our <laughs> shoes. We just need our Gucci shoes. Yeah. Oh my God! Did you know Gucci Gucci shoes are seven hundred dollars? No. It's on my Christmas list, by the way, if you want to. Jeez. Yeah. It's and not Yeezys, too? I already have the Yeezys. <laughs> Yeezy bike shoes. Yeezy bike shoes. Kanye, if you're listening. <laughs> Yeezy bike shoes are the next thing. Um, uh, if they came out with Yeezy bike shoes, I'd probably buy a pair. Jeez. No lie. Um, but, yeah, other than that, yeah, so I started running a little bit, too, and, like, I basically instantly injured my knee. I think it's tendonitis. It's starting to feel better. It, like, I think today was the first day, and this is, like, four weeks ago, where it doesn't, like, I haven't felt any, like, pain in the knee, and it was, it's on the side of my knee. Mm-hmm. 
but it's just kind of crazy. I think back to, and you know, part, part of it is maybe, maybe it's because as cyclists, we don't do anything else. You know, like you just kind of sit and cycling is such a, like a fixed sport. You, you hardly move, you move your legs, but you're still moving them in the same plane. Cause you know, when I was younger, like I played soccer a, a lot. I was, I was on our, you know, I played in high school and then I, I did freestyle skiing, which basically involved me like landing like from pretty high in the air to like sometimes flat surfaces, like, um, especially off like rails and some jumps. And then, you know, I basically got beat up all the time and I never, ever like had injuries from those sports. Um, so part of it makes me think that maybe I'm getting a little bit old and part of it makes me think too, that like, maybe I just don't get like the snot beaten out of me enough to like build up that tendon strength. I don't think it's that. No? I feel like, to be quite honest, I think it's more of getting the snot beat out of you. It's starting to catch up. Like, people always mm, say, like, it's going to catch up with I you. I honestly never thought about that. That's See, a good, I've always been told, like, point. you know, like, oh, you'll feel that in 10 years. Like, yeah. when people say that, I feel like you're at your 10-year mark, Rick. No, <laughs> legit, I am. <laughs> like, I, because I, uh, you know, I, I haven't skied now. Like, I haven't done, like, freestyle skiing and no, no, I was, it's, I've done it intermittently the last mm-hmm. couple of years, but yeah, I mean, like as a kid, I was basically, I was going from ski season to like, I used to race motorcycles too, which also involved getting the snot beaten out of me. And then soccer was like the lightest thing that I did when I was younger. And yeah, Ryan, I think you're right. I never honestly thought about that. It's just starting to catch up with me. Yeah. Like <laughs> maybe uh, I should just stick to biking from now on. Like I, um, I dislocated my knee uh, playing indoor hockey with my younger brother. Mm-hmm. Um, I tore a ligament and I had tendonitis in my ankle in uh, college, yeah. or in, not in college, in high school football. And then I also had a stress fracture in my foot from running track. Mm-hmm. And like, so like, if I start doing sports, like um, when I was in college playing intramural basketball, yeah. all of a sudden, like my ankle, I could start feeling my ankle again. Really? Yeah. And then even on the bike, like if uh, my cleat position's wrong, I'll start to feel that like stress in fracture, like in, no, in my in my foot. Oh, in your foot! Wow. You know, and then also too with the uh, cleat position, I'll start feeling it in my knee. Jeez, you know that makes me a little bit nervous because we just signed up for an intramural basketball team with uh, with our friend Matthew as well that's starting up, <laughs> and like all I can all I've been thinking about. Breaking like, ankles? No, like one of us is gonna like tear an ACL or something like. No, that. I'm not worried about that. That'll be good for us, I think. I feel I feel like it will be too. Yeah, I feel like court sports are something that you should keep up on. Mm-hmm. Like, as a, I feel like that's the one thing, the one cross training thing most cyclists should do is something where the movement is side to side, side to side, because you're just at least working in a different plane of of motion. Yeah, just like soccer. So or... like soccer. Well, if you're talking about sports basketball soccer mm-hmm. although i think basketball is a little bit harder on like your knees and stuff like that yeah but i think it, for the small amount that will be doing it yeah. i don't think it'll be bad because you're like, not really like running running it's more like, you're a like jogging jog, yeah and, and i'm stop. doing it for fun too like yeah. i'm not gonna let somebody like you know dunk on me but i'm gonna dunk on others i well, i know well you can't dunk well you're what like people don't know and you can't jump what people don't know is i'm six six <laughs> I'm real tall. Only in your head. <laughs> but Only yeah. in my confidence. Only in your confidence. Um, but yeah, like court sports are, I think are, they're pretty good. Like, but like skate skiing, I think is super good. I was going to say do. that. That's pretty that's good like too. That's like a full body. Yeah. Because um, you're going side to side. Yeah. Even rollerblading. 
Yeah, like, rollerblading um, would be good. Yeah. Because that's pretty low impact as well. Yeah, it's super low impact. Yeah, it's a little... Um, that's actually getting really popular is rollerblading. rollerblading. Yeah. Yeah. I see you know that why, a lot Do you know why now. it's getting popular? Why? Is, uh, like, inline marathons are getting popular. Haven't heard of it. So, like, I I was a huge rollerblader uh, growing up. I always wanted to... Of course to you were. Of course I was. I was, fu- I was fast as anybody at my local skate express <laughs> and um i really wanted to get into like speed skating but um i don't know i just my parents never bought me the stuff and i probably wouldn't have stick, stuck with it but recently so i bought a pair of like nicer rollerblades last winter and i trained on them like just as cross training but um i kind of have looked around and seen that um rollerblade marathons are just getting really popular as like a mass participation event interesting yeah it's really interesting though because it's like cycling so they're going so like rollerblade racing is going slightly slower than bike racing so there's drafting yeah yeah i've heard about the drafting yeah so like breakaways will form and like um yeah it just seems like a really cool and there's like sprint finishes too which is insane because when you sprint on skates it's like skis you actually dive with one of your feet Oh, yeah, like they do in uh, ice skating? Yeah, 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 exactly. So, but a lot of the times, like, somebody will just fall. Or it's amazing how far they can stretch their foot out and then recover. They fall? Sometimes. Do they wear, like, any pads? No, just a helmet. That's it. Yeah. So, yeah, and I think, um, so somebody... I feel like you're so much more prone to falling on rollerblades than you are on a bike. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And especially when you're you're racing so close. Yeah. And everybody, so this is really far away from bike racing but we're going to talk about it anyways well we're talking off season yeah off season so when you're like racing in these inline skates like your your legs are doing the same stride as the person in front of you so they are they're literally like within your personal bubble when you're like that close and somebody's behind you doing the same thing because you're in a you're in just a line of people interesting it's very interesting there was like a, i think the the average speed of the winner of the berlin marathon was like 26 miles an hour what yeah berlin marathon is like the biggest skate marathon in the world 26 miles so an they hour. did that in an, in an hour he did that in an hour he was so low well i guess i mean i guess like marathon runners do half that speed and they're just running so i guess yeah. you gotta be able to do twice the speed on rollerblades and yeah, and rollerblades have come a long ways too. Like they have very large wheels now. And they probably have ceramic fast. bearings ceramic on them. Ceramic bearings, yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I guess. So yeah, if you're looking to like get into a different sport, I'm gonna check that out. Yeah, I gotta check that. I've out. I've honestly thought about. It. I'm like, this look, actually looks pretty sick. Like, because I've always been cool. a really good skater. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's your calling. Yeah, I'm gonna stop bike racing and we're move gonna to cha- Germany. We're gonna change the podcast to uh, rollerblading roller, weekly, inline skate weekly. Yeah. Skate race weekly. Yep. Blading. Yep. And Rick's going to be the the guy who thinks he's real cool on his blades. Yeah. I'm going to be the guy blading to work. You're going to make fun yeah. of roller skiers. I, yeah. Do you think you blade? You wow. don't blade. Wow. You need to use your arms to go that fast. <laughs> huh. huh. And then um, I'm going to get to work and my coworker's going to be like, wow, man, like, how You're not long, take how, long did, how long did, yeah, I'm not going to take them off. I'm just going to skate around the office and then they're going to be like, how long did it take you to roller skate into work? And I'm going to be like, I inline skated to work. I today. inline skate. Yeah. Excuse me. I'm a blader. Yeah. How dare you? Yeah. Wow. This is what life's become. <laughs> <laughs>
Uh, all right, what are we at for time right now? We're at 40 minutes. We're at 40 minutes. I think that's pretty good. Yeah, I think that's good. Talk about off-season. We actually talked very little about bike racing. We mostly talked about rollerblading. I so think that's fine. I count that as a success for an off-season podcast. Yeah, it's pretty good. Cool. All right. Well, any, everybody... Any last any last words? Grind, grinding gears. What is... Grind your gears. Yeah, we have to keep the segment up. What's grinding your gears, Ryan? Uh, you know, lately, not much. Um... I mean, we've touched on it before. You don't need a, a, a muddy cyclocross race in order to have a fun cyclocross race. Yeah, that's a good point. And I can't tell if, like, the mud just kind of acclimates naturally or if they purposely make it muddy. Mm-hmm. But you don't need it muddy, man. You don't need it muddy. That's yeah. correct. That is 100% correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's mine. I mean... I, I, to be honest, I haven't had uh, anything to really grind my gears lately. No gripes? No, no gripes. No. Hmm. How about you? Okay, well, I got stuff to grind my gears. I always, got, I always got things in, in the gears to grind. Interesting. Um, but on my mind this week, you know, grinds my gears. Here's what grinds my gears. Light up helmets. Light up helmets? Light up helmets. What's wrong helmets, with that? Blinking lights. Why don't you just get lights for your bike? Just get the bike lights. It's it adds nothing to put them on your head. I don't know. I don't, I don't to be honest, it's it's probably cheaper to get a, a helmet with lights on it than it is to buy lights. My lights cost like two hundred dollars, mm, but I got them free though. I don't, you know this isn't really I, this isn't really grinding me though. I don't really care. Yeah, I just want to do it personally. Okay. Um, well, that's it. No grinds. No grinds. No real grinds this week. That's right. That's a good week. It's yeah. A good week. Bike industry, keep doing what you're doing. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Maybe change a little, but you know, just, next week. Yeah. Next week we'll have things to grind. We'll, we just have to think about it more. All right. All well, right. thanks for listening. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, iTunes, and Stitcher. That's right. Uh, bike Race Weekly. For pretty much everything mm-hmm. you'll find us just search us you'll find us yeah we're gonna start pumping out podcasts probably more regularly after the holidays but for this, yeah. for this racing time, racing starts up pretty soon actually racing starts up pretty uh, soon. tour down under starts the second or third week of january we might talk about that a little bit so we'll have much more to talk about yeah all right so that's it for this week thanks for listening everybody and we'll see you soon bye everybody